Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right, good morning, everybody. It is great to see you guys. I know Sean already mentioned this earlier, but just a quick reminder. What is next Sunday? Easter. Easter, thank you. Yes, absolutely. So I know if you're not uh, like in the church world like every single day, this is sort of like the Super Bowl, okay? Like it's a big Sunday for us. It's a really big deal, all right? And it's also, statistically speaking, one of the easiest times to invite somebody to come with you to church. It's this, a time when people are more open and more receptive, more willing to say yes than ever before. So this week, I just want to encourage you, people that you work with, people that you live around, people you see at the grocery store, wherever you are, getting pumping gas, whatever, just invite people, if you would, this week. Some friends, maybe family, people that you know that probably aren't going anywhere, invite them to come with you, especially if they have kids. Your kids and any kids that come next weekend are going to have a really wonderful, special Easter experience in every single service this next weekend, and I don't want any kid to miss that that could experience that. I know those were big Sundays for me when I was growing up that it was kind of big aha moments for me spiritually, and I think it will be for a lot of kids this next weekend. So have your kids invite their friends and bring them with them this next weekend. It's going to be an incredible weekend. And as you probably were told already earlier, we're adding a fourth service, a sunrise service, 7 o'clock, 7 a.m., 7, 8.30, 10, of course, you're out, the hour you're in right now, and 11.30, all right? So we're going to have four this next weekend to accommodate the uh, extra folks that are coming. So please invite this weekend. Now, uh, pardon me, next weekend. This weekend, we are finishing a series we've been in for four weeks now entitled Yourself. We've been talking about the big internal battles, the big struggles, the big conflicts that we have inside of ourselves, and that if we can learn how to have some victory, and God has given us some incredible, beautiful insight, wisdom on how to do that, in those areas, some of the biggest breakthroughs that you have ever had in your life can happen from on the inside of yourself and really manifest themselves on the outside of yourself. And, but it has to start inside, beginning to say, I'm willing to make some tough choices, some tough decisions. And I hope that through this series, I've had some awesome interaction with many folks that have been challenged and have made some amazing strides spiritually throughout these last couple of weeks. If you've missed any of these weeks, I encourage you to go back and check them out online, brazosfellowship.com. Now this week, I want to start with a question. I hope that this lands with every single person with a yes. But here's the question. Have you ever felt like you can't get it all done? Anybody here felt like me, like you just can't get it all? Oh my goodness, man, I have felt that as a husband and a dad, as a pastor, as a, leading, as a leader of an organization that's growing, thank God, that's wonderful, but man, oh man, the demands just keep going up, and it's a lot, and I know you feel the same way. We all are very busy, so the question is, what do you do when you feel like this? You ever feel like it's just totally out of control and you can't seem to keep up? In other words, like how do you expand your capacity? 
How do you get more time when you feel like you're already out of time? You can't seem to get it all done in the time that you have. I want to share with you an illustration today as we get started. You know, I love illustrations. This illustration was a game changer for me. It really helped me to think about this in a whole new way, this area of my life, and I hope it's helpful to you too. It's simple, but yet profound at the same time. This is my favorite kind of illustrations. So this may be something you've seen before, or maybe you even know this information, but I really want to challenge you to think about how am I applying this right now, and where am I in, in, in desperate need of some tweaking, some tuning, some fine adjusting to make this better, okay? So here's what I'm going to show you. The first element I'm going to show you is a big glass jar, all right? <clears throat> and this glass jar represents a period of time in your life, finite period of time. Maybe it's a day, it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year, but it's a finite period of time in your life, all right? You get to decide how much. But next I'm going to show you it's a basket full of pebbles, and these pebbles represent all the things, little things, that tend to consume our time. It's the time spent on your phone. I'm not trying to, you know, phone shame you today, but I'm just saying, think about it. How much time do you spend looking at Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and all these things? We consume, it consumes a lot of time. Maybe it's watching TV or movies or gaming. Oh my goodness, some of our younger folks. Yeah, gaming is a lot of a big time consumer. Maybe it's another hobby. Maybe it's hunting, fishing. Maybe it's working out. Maybe it's golfing. Maybe whatever it is for you uh, that you enjoy doing, but it's consuming of your time and it tends to be those things that take up a lot of your time. And those things, as they're added to our life, you may want to cover your ears, it gets loud, okay? All right. It takes up way more time than we would want to admit. It's almost embarrassing how much time some of this stuff tends to take up of our life. And then we have what we would call our big rocks. Like, hey, here's one of the most important things in my life. Maybe you would say one of my big things is like my marriage, you know? Or maybe it's like my kids, definitely. My, my relationship with my kids, you know, that's, that's one of those things. Or it's a relationship with God, not necessarily in that order, but maybe, or maybe it's your career. You would say, maybe, oh no, it's really my health or my fitness. It's like taking care of myself. But the issue that you see I've run into is the same one. You're saying, exactly, Will, that's exactly like my life. I can't fit it all into the jar. It doesn't seem to work. It's all spilling out. That's the issue. It's a capacity issue. I wish I had more capacity. Maybe if I had eight days of a week, maybe or 10 days in a week, you know, something that might help with this. But here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you to think about something. Well, I try not to break this jar right in front of you. That'll really spoil the illustration. We take these back out, and I'm going to re-empty the pebbles back over here. And then what we're going to do is we're going to start from a different place. We're going to start with, okay, here's your finite amount of time, but we're going to start with the big rock, and we're going to put it in first. And maybe you say, well, that's my relationship with God. This is my relationship with my spouse, very important to me. This is my relationship with my kids. This is my career. Maybe this is my health. This is something that is paramount to me. I would say it's very important. And then you come back in, 
Hey, you can't help it. You've got a lot of things that tend to consume your time. The little, all the little peppers. And then you come back in. Hang on just a second. Got to give it a little shake. All right. All right. Look at that. Bam. A miracle has just happened in front of you. Can you believe it? This is how, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about for the rest of our time how you live this out. How do you do this every day? This is how you expand your capacity. This is how you make more of what God has already given you. Have you ever noticed the fact that we all are given the same amount of 24-hour days. We all have 168-hour weeks, but some people tend to get a whole lot more done than you, and you're like, how does she, how did he, how can they do it? There is something fundamentally different about the way they prioritize their life than you do. And I think today could be a game changer, a hinge of history where everything changes, everything opens up, and everything could be better for you going forward. It takes some work to do this, but it could be radical what happens. What radical what happens in our life. As a matter of fact, Moses, as old as the Old Testament here, um, Moses some 3,000 years ago shares this with us. And the only psalm that he wrote, Psalm, chapter, psalm 90, Chapter 90, verse 12, here's what Moses said. He says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, look what he just said there. Teach us to number our days. It's finite. This is a non-renewable resource, your time that you've been given. You can always make more money, but you cannot have more time. Once you've spent it, it's gone. Once your kids grow up, they're grown up. Once they're gone out of the house, they're gone. I mean, it, the time is so precious, it's so finite, but we don't treat it that way very often. And when you begin to understand that, there is something powerful about how it makes you wiser. It helps you to understand priorities can't be an option for me. It has to be essential. It's not optional. It's essential. I have to pick because the bottom line is you're going to pick. Even without picking, you pick. Something has become a priority. Something has become the consumer of your life. It's become the centerpiece of your life. And I want to get you to really think about those priorities today because here's the deal. Your priorities determine so much. Your priorities will determine how much you can get done and the time that you have. And it will determine what you get done in the time that you have. In other words, the priorities determine capacity. You see people that have, seem to have a greater capacity, guess what? They have been very, very careful about what priorities they have placed first in their life. In anybody's life that you look at and kind of envy and say, wow, I wish I could get that. You know what? They have made some tough self-discipline choices that have changed. It is, it is to rearrange, to reprioritize their life around some things that they would say, this is paramount. It's so incredibly important. But here's the thing. Me telling you this, some of you are going, I know that. I already know this information. I've seen that illustration. Will, it's not new to me. I get it. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, there's a big difference between knowledge and understanding. Or maybe we could even say between knowledge and true wisdom. Knowledge is just knowing the information. 
Understanding and wisdom, according to the Bible, is when you live it out. It behaviorally changes the way you live. It's implying. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to apply it. Remember we looked at the backwards bicycle? It's one thing to say, oh yeah, you turn to the left, the front tire goes to the right, turn to the right, front tire goes to the left. But it's another thing to get on that sucker and ride, right? Like, show me how to ride it. That's a whole different set of skills than just saying, oh, I know, I get this. And what many of us need in this room is not another lesson on, here's what you need to do as a priority. It's to start doing this. It's actually to put it into practice. But let's talk for just a minute about why. Why we don't put the, the big rocks first. Why we, we will say this, we confess it, we make lists maybe sometimes. Here's my priorities. Here's what I say is important. But if we're really honest about the finite re resources of our life, like our time, our money, our energy, we, the lion's share of it is not always going towards the things we say are actual priorities. Why don't we put the big rocks first? Here's the first one. We tend to prioritize the urgent over the important. What is urgent? That's the thing we focus on. It screams for our attention. It's a squeaky wheel that you're constantly, oh, I got to put some oil on that. I got to put some attention. I got to give it. I got to give it. And the urgent always fights for our attention. But the important many times is rarely ever urgent. Think about it. Because many of us would say the most important things in our life come down to relationships, whether the relationship with God, with our spouse, our kids, people that are closest to us. And many, many times, relationships are hardly ever urgent until they're in crisis, until they're damaged, until they're falling apart before your eyes. And sometimes it's too late to repair all the damage. I'm not saying you can't be forgiven and you can't work on and you can't reconcile, but sometimes, I'm telling you, we wait too long. Here's the second reason. We feel we can't say no. We just like, oh, some of us that are people pleasers, you got to say yes to everything. You got to you know what I've noticed? That the more that God blesses uh, my life in this place and we grow, the more disciplined I have to be to say that word right there. No, 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 no. I get great opportunities. I know you do too. I get great um, invitations to do things and I have to say no, no, no. My first priority is with my family and with Brazos Fellowship. I'm here. I'm focused. I want to be here. This is the investment of my life. But here's what I've learned is that a no affords you an important yes. When you say no, it helps you to say yes to the right stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And many of us need to learn that discipline because we will say yes to almost anyone for almost anything. And we need to be discretionary about that because you don't have unlimited time and you don't have unlimited energy and you don't have unlimited money and you don't have unlimited... You have to look at it and say, help me, God, to invest this well. Number my days that I may be gaining a heart of wisdom. This is so important. And finally, number three, is the influences of other people. And sometimes you'll find yourself saying, okay, yeah, well, one of my big, big rocks is my relationship with God. But honestly, if I'm, I'm really honest, a lot of my coworkers and even some of my friends, that's so weird to them. They don't get it. Like it, they, they don't, it, that's not a priority. That's not a big rock to them at all. And I feel kind of weird and out of place. And I, it's so oddball to them. Like they don't get it at all. And I feel this sort of unspoken pressure to give up my priorities and take on theirs. We, we live in a world, ladies and gentlemen, where we are constantly baited 
baited to come and assume priorities that we never said were priorities, to come and make important things in our life that we never said were important. And we begin to give time and money and energy and focus to things that we go, wait, 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 why am I giving so much to this? This is not even, I wouldn't say when it gets right down to it, this is not even in my top five. Why am I giving so much to this? And I'm telling you, it's important for us to step back and begin to say, where are we giving the most amount of our, not what we say are the priorities, but what are we doing as priorities? Because the, the, the surprising fact is, for most people, they're not intentional about their priorities. They don't know what their big rocks are. They can tell you a list, absolutely, but when it comes right down to it, they're unaware of the disconnect between the way they live and what they say is important. There's a disconnect there, and they haven't really examined this. So I want to ask you a probing question. What are your big rocks? What are your big rocks right now? I want to challenge you today. Maybe you even want to start right now. I'll give you permission to write while I'm talking, all right? So make a list. What are the big rocks for you? Maybe for you this Sunday morning, you're sitting next to one of your big rocks. And maybe you need to lean over and say, baby, you're one of my big rocks, right? Just if I haven't said it in a while, you're one of my big rocks, okay? <laughs> and so it's important that we are admitting that. There's something important about stating it. This is important because if we don't, if we're not intentional about what and who our big rocks are, this happens all the time. And some of you could attest to it happening to you. You wake up one day and you are far away from your big rocks. You know why? Because those big rocks will hardly ever be urgent. They're always important. You would admit it all day long to anybody. Of course my family's important. Of course my marriage. Of course my, you know, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But when it comes right down to it, where is the allocation of your time going? Where is it going? It's so inc incredibly important because what happens is that the relationships of your life, become an in they become a victim to the busyness of life. Have you noticed this before? Busyness and intimacy cannot coexist. The, busyness and intimacy don't mix. And, and, and intimacy and relationships almost always lose against busyness. They get pushed away. Because, you know, I got to get this done. I got to go. I can't, I can't stop. I, gotta, I promised. I've told them. We, we got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. It's backing up and saying, i got to reset some priorities. So here's the cure to that busyness and that worry that drives so many of us every single day. The cure is not trying to just force yourself to be less busy. That's nearly impossible these days to just like, I'm going to will it to be, Ugh, I'm going to be less busy. Okay, that does not, I don't know if you've tried that. That's really, really, really hard. It's like nearly impossible. But what is the cure is beginning to say, let me step back and really discover, really get committed to what are my big rocks and help me to prioritize them, God, as first and then begin to add the other things in around me and around those priorities. Let me organize the rest of my life around what I say and what I'm committed to being the most important things. And, and here's something really, really important to understand about yourself, <clears throat> that you and I are first and foremost spiritual beings. 
What I mean by that is that every relationship that we're in, there's a spiritual component to it. Every desire that you have, there's a spiritual component to it. The, the, the drive of purpose and meaning in your life, there's a spiritual component to it. It's the way that you were designed. It's the way that you were created. And because of that, you were also designed down in the, the center of your soul. And, and there have been so many philosophers and theologians talk about this yearning, this God-shaped vacuum in the center of our soul and our heart that cannot be satisfied by anything else. That we are designed and built to live our lives around the biggest rock of all. It's the thing that we're created to live for. And, and just to clear up any confusion about that, I want to point your attention to Psalm chapter 18, verse 31. And this is King David, one of the most famous, successful, amazing kings in Israel's history, uh, that's talking about this centerpiece of his life. And I'd like you to read this highlighted word with me. It says, for who is God besides the Lord? And who is the, let's say it together, who is the rock except our God? That's right. Guess what? Dwayne Johnson wasn't the first rock, all right? God's the OG. He's still the rock. He's the rock. And David's saying, God is my rock. Now, that may seem odd to you to call God a rock, but Moses and David did it all the time. It's like them saying, he's the centerpiece. He's the foundation upon which my, my life, my, the house that, metaphorically speaking, represents my life is built upon the rock. Later, Jesus talks about it the same way at the end of Matthew chapter 7, the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He says the wise man is the one, or wise woman is the one who builds their house upon the rock. But it's the fool who hears these words. They know all the right stuff in their head, but they don't do it, he says. They hear these words of mine, but they don't put it into practice. They don't live it out. They're the fools who built their house on the sand. And the storms of life come, and their house collapses with a great crash because they didn't build on the rock. And so it's so important to begin in the right place. And what's interesting is that throughout the Bible, whenever God talks about priorities, Jesus talks about priorities, he's always saying, here's what you're to seek. Here's what you're to seek. Here is the verb that should go with your priorities. The Bible's term for priority is to seek to seek, to seek, what should we be seeking? In Psalm 63, verse 1, David writes this. He says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I, let's say it together, earnestly I seek you, right? I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. Now, I want you to notice here, you can really only earnestly seek for one thing in this life. Now, you can just like normal seek a whole lot of things, but you can't earnestly seek more than one thing. He's saying, at the center of my life, you're the rock. You're the one. You're the foundation. You're the thing that sustains me. You are the anchor that holds me. You are my foundation. You're my rock. And he says, and I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. A hunger and thirst, spiritually speaking, after you, God. I want more of you. I seek after you. And in Psalm 119, verse 10, the psalmist says this. He says, I, let's say it together, I seek you with all my heart. This is not a divided person. This is a singular person. In the mathematic world, we call it an integer. 
It is a whole number. It's a whole person, and, and, and a person with integrity, with all of my heart. Not part of my heart is going after this, and part of my heart is going after that. My whole heart, I seek you with my whole heart. Do not let me stray away from your commands. I love you, and I seek you, God. You are the foundation. You are the primary rock for every part of my life for my dating life, for my career path, for the way I spend my money, for the way I spend my time, for the way I, my thought life, where I go on the internet, the images that I look at, <clears throat> everything comes back to the one who has all my heart. This is what it means to say God is my rock, not just to verbally confess it, but to behaviorally live out that understanding and that wisdom. It's so important and he says, listen, this is what it means, and I, I want to follow you, Lord, with all of my life. I want to obey you with all of my behavior. When we come to the New Testament, Jesus talks repeatedly about living a life on purpose and to live a life full of purpose and meaning and to have that rock at the be the, as the bedrock for you. And in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, I want to pick up a little segment of this sermon where Jesus is talking about priorities and about seeking. He says this. He goes, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? And Jesus isn't saying that these things that we eat and drink and wear are bad things, like they're evil things. He just says they just make really bad big rocks. They make really bad big priorities. My appearance, and how do I look, and how am I coming off to other people, and what do I get to eat, and what culinary treats am I going to give myself today? He says, those should not be the driving. And for many people in his culture, they had become so. And he says, those should not be. Don't be so careful that you don't let one of these little pebbles that don't really have a lot of significance become your big rock, because that happens to people all the time. He goes on to say this in verse 32. He says, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And a pagan, simply put, was a person who has centered their life around, prioritized their life around something other than God. Once again, they have found something in life which Jesus would say, that is very insignificant. That is not important enough to build a life on. And you are going to be very unsatisfied and very frustrated, and you're going to wonder what is going on with your life because this just is not getting it done. This, this is not what your soul has been created for. Your soul has been created for the rock that is the Lord. And he says, these are the pagans. They run after these things, but your father knows that you need them. He already gets that. That don't run after things that are not him. Don't make other things the priority and the big rock of your life that are not him. He, he finishes by saying in verse 33, he says, but, let's say it together, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, Jesus is saying that I want you to reprioritize your life, <clears throat> rearrange your life, reorder your life around God, his kingdom, his righteousness, and everything that needs to fit will fit. It's amazing how God will help you to get done things you thought, there's no way. I don't know how I can do this. But you put the right centerpiece, the right rock in the right place, <clears throat> it begins to change everything. But it comes down to seeking first 
Let me give you another definition for this. It's simply saying, seek first, which means to make the will of God the organizing principle of your life. It's saying, God, I want you to know your first priority, which means I want your will to be my will. What you desire, I want to desire. What you say is first, I'm going to make first. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught us to pray as much in chapter 6 of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 10, when Jesus has given us the Lord's Prayer, he says, I want you to pray that God's will be done on earth as it is where? In, in heaven. Because God's will is always done up there. But the problem is down here, so much of the time it's not done. That was the conclusion Jesus was trying to help us to see. The reason why you're so unsatisfied with much of the status quo down here, because it's not even God's will. This isn't even what he wanted. This is a result of so much sin. And he's saying, when we say, God, you get center place in my life, and I'm going to start living for you, and I'm going to help other people to find what I have found in you, God's kingdom begins to expand on and God's will begins to expand on earth, but it comes down to personal decisions and disciplines, and it begins with the right stone, the right rock at the basis of your life and the priority of your life. It's so important. Let me give you something very practical that you can do every day to begin to live this out, something that's been very helpful for me and I think could be very helpful for you. It's taking a segment of time at the very beginning of your day, before you get into the craziness of your day, taking a segment of time and just getting quiet and alone and saying, God, I give you today. I put, I, I'm just going to state it again. You're the priority. You're number one. You're the big rock. And I'm trusting in you today. And maybe another way of saying that prayer, and maybe you've prayed this before, is saying, God, help me to say yes to you today. I surrender to you. Help me to say yes to the things you want me to say yes to so that I have the courage to say no to some of the stuff that I really need to say no to, that I need to begin to turn my back, and that I won't worry over this stuff over and over and over. God, help me to say yes to the right things and to be able to say no to the lesser important things so that I won't worry and have my peace drained out of me Martin Luther, founder of the Lutheran denomination, said it this way one time, pray and let God worry. I think that's some great advice. You pray and let God worry. Uh, let me just see a show of hands. How many of you have seen God show up for you with a prayer like that before? Anybody here? You prayed and you saw God come through. Yes. And he helped you to say no to what you needed and yes to the right things. Absolutely. And you worried less. It's amazing when you begin to include God in the equation, really begin to reflect the fact that he is that foundational rock, that he's the priority. It begins to be a game changer for you. I want to give you a morning prayer that I think could be a real help to you, a morning prayer of surrender. It's simply saying this, God, I'm yours. I place you first. Whatever you want me to do or say, my yes is on the table, right? My yes is on the table. I pray you would lead me through this day. Just a simple prayer. God, I'm yours. I place you first. Whatever you want me to do or say, my yes is on the table. You lead me through this day. Just a simple prayer of surrender. 
I know you may have done that a long time ago, but there's something powerful about reminding yourself and saying it out loud and keeping it afresh and new. God, help me today. You know I've got some special challenges ahead of me today, God. I've got a meeting I need your help with. I've got uh, a really important conversation I need to have. You need to help me with that. I need your help with this. I need your help with that. And just lay it out there. It's amazing how you'll begin to be more keenly aware of God at work in your life, God's Holy Spirit beginning to help you to guard, protect, and to safeguard that rock at the center of your life. It's so incredibly important, but we forget it so much of the time. The fact is, ladies and gentlemen, that we are all in this room seeking something first in our life right now. I simply just want you to to think about what it is. What are you seeking first today? Is it the approval, the self-worth, the accolades from other people that we talked about last week where you're constantly on trial? You feel like you never are quite measuring up. You're never quite enough. Is that where you feel like you invest most of your time trying to be more, to prove yourself, prove your worth, to self-justify Where Jesus is saying, I've already taken care of that. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You're good. Yes, no condemnation from God. And Paul says, I don't care about what your judgment is of me. I don't even care what my judgment is of me because God's already ruled on me. Court is adjourned and I'm out of the courtroom. And maybe you need to hear that today. You get a whole new rock to live for and not that one anymore. And maybe you're you're big time consumers today. You're realizing wow, this is really not worth giving the amount of time I've given to this thing. I need to make haste. I need to be careful and to really invest in some relationships. I need to make God a bigger priority. I need to prioritize some people in my life over some things in my life that I've given too much to. What is that thing that is dominating your life? Not what you say, but what are you doing right now? And here's the beautiful thing, is that when you put God first, it helps you to set every other priority in your life. But simply saying, God, I want you first. I want you to be that first and big primary rock upon which I build everything else in my life. I prioritize the rest of my life around you. And I want you to see today, that's the way you're created. That's how you function best. It optimizes your ability to actually get more done and to be able to reach greater potential in what God has created you to do. But it's putting him first, to seek first him, his kingdom, and his righteousness. And all these things, Jesus said, will be added unto you. And right now, I'd like to ask you, if you would, you'd be praying, just pray with me as we close out. And here's the closing application prayer, simply saying, God, I am designed to seek you first. Nothing else will work as my first priority, my big rock, but you. I place you first today. And maybe you would say, I've I've already done that, Will, but it's time to make a fresh commitment to say, I'm going to do this right now. And I'm asking God to show me some places in my life where there is a discrepancy between what I'm saying and what I'm praying right here about God being first and how I'm actually living. Show me, God, so I can correct it. And if you don't know what your first thing is, ask somebody who knows you well, somebody who's close to you that would honestly be able to tell you, you know what, if I'm really honest, here's the thing I see you living for. Here's the thing that's actually first in your life. (laughs) I know you wish it was this, but it's really that. You need to get the answer. You need to find out what that is. I challenge you today to take time to make that list and to ask the tough questions. 
Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.